0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's standing in the way of Auburn overachieving this season? You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked
0: On Podcast Network, your team Every day.
1: Yes. Welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. We're dapping it up on this Wednesday, Montgomery Radio legend Daryl Dapprich hanging out with us today. We've said it several times FanDuel has Auburn's projected win total at seven and a half. So if Auburn is going to overachieve in 2024, lots of things. Have to go right. Things have to fall the right way. All the pieces of the puzzle have to come together. But there are some things that I believe could stand in the way, Daryl, you agree, that could stand in Auburn's way of overachieving in 2024. And we're going to use FanDuel, our our official sports book. We're going to use their over or under for win totals as far as the benchmark of overachieving or underachieving. So we're going to say eight games. And I think right now, you have to look at the quarterback room and say, okay, what the quarterback did at that position group a year ago, if it doesn't take a massive step forward, Auburn will not win eight games in 2024.
2: Excellent point. And it starts and 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 ends with the quarterback. I think we saw last year, and there's a there's data for that. There is historical data. There's a trend. When Peyton Thorne played well last year, Auburn won some some games and was in some games that probably shouldn't have been. When he struggled, man, they just underachieved. So I think the first thing that I want to discuss with you is let's set a baseline. We talk about overachieving, underachieving. Okay. What do you consider to be the win total for Auburn Would you would say they met expectations? They neither overachieved or underachieved. They're kind of right where they need to be or where I had them in the season.
1: Seven and five, eight and four. I mean, I, I think we're yeah. right around the, the line that Fanduel has set.
2: So if they win six, I think we're in agreement they're underachieving. If they win – see, I think if they win eight, they're kind of at that baseline. And then anything over eight, nine, ten, is overachieving. Totally. Just, sure. Yeah. So – that which is a great way to look at it. We can kind of gauge that season. With that being said, quarterback, it starts and ends with quarterback. I, I think if Peyton Thorne plays like he did last year for stretches of time – Auburn's going to, it's going to be tough for Auburn to win seven games or eight games because mm-hmm. of, and even with the with a, uh, what we would agree to be a little bit better conducive schedule for Auburn this year
0: than sure. last yeah. year.
2: right So it starts with the quarterback position. He has got to improve from what he did last year for Auburn to get to eight wins. I think Hugh Freeze calling plays helps him and helps that though.
1: Yeah, I think the combination of Hugh Freeze calling plays and him being in the system a year longer is going to be crucial. And if it doesn't result in him taking a step forward, I think Hugh Freeze at some point will say, you know what, let's just go young. We're we're probably going to go young at wide receiver and defensive line. Why not go young at quarterback with Hank Brown or Walker White? So I think if that's kind of your baseline, like if they think Peyton Thorne's not turning the corner, they'll just say, hey, let's go with the upside of some of these young guys that may have more talented arm strength.
2: You'd have nothing to lose at that point. And you'll know that, I think, four games in, three or four games in, you'll have kind of a, I don't know, a feel. You know, if Auburn wins his first four games, you'd be foolish to make a quarterback change. And we talked about this in another show. The game after Oklahoma, I think, when there's a bye week. It's if after Auburn- Georgia. Yeah, if if Auburn is struggling at that point, or they play an A, who knows? Uh, you know, but I think you win your first four games, you just go, you go with status quo. I think another important factor. But, which, hold on, I, I want to pause yeah. you before you go to that yeah. next
1: point. If Auburn doesn't win their first four games, Alabama, A and M, Cal, New Mexico, and Arkansas all at home, there's a larger issue yes. at play. If you lose any of those four, if you don't start four and zero. I don't see a world where you can overachieve. I don't see a path to winning eight games
2: if you lose any of those four. And it's why I'm not totally discounting it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think Auburn comes out of their 4-0, but I also felt like Auburn was going to smoke New Mexico State. So I'm trying to be temper Understood. my expectations about what could happen. And it would be Arkansas would probably be the only game that I think if they were much improved and they came in and did something. Um, what Going back to the quarterback point, yeah. Another year in the system, Hugh Freeze calling plays, and in my opinion, albeit young, a better receiving room lends itself to think that he would Peyton Thorn would have an improving, you know, improve over last year. I think that that's the other X factor is those receivers, although young, more talented, may kind of elevate Peyton Thorne's game as well. Do you think? do you think the youth in the receiving room could
1: be a potential obstacle as far as Auburn not being able to overachieve in 2024? I mean, what if, what if these young guys don't turn the corner? And what if these young guys aren't instant impact guys like we think at least three of the four, maybe all four, depending on who you ask, potentially could be? Like, what if that just doesn't stick? What if they can't find roles for all of these guys to make an impact?
2: This is going to sound terribly brutal and um harsh. But well, how could it be any worse? <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. I think even guys trying to find their footing with youth, I yeah. still can't see how it could be any worse than what Auburn's had in the receiving room the last two years. I think just by default and having talent, I'll be young, albeit young and but and Lewis coming in who I think is going to make an impact will make that room better. It, yeah, if, if they don't play to the level that the expectations are, I still think it'll be good enough to be at a level that was better the last two years just by default. And I know that sounds mean, yeah, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, Robert Lewis, the veteran transfer from Georgia State. is who Darryl I just keep preferred. hearing
2: more things about him from publications, coaches, people that called Sunbelt games, that watched him, that I know with Troy that mm-hmm. said – watch this dude. He's a sleeper. He's going to make more of an impact with this Auburn coaching. And, and their argument was Auburn's a little snake bit and kind of afraid or a little bit, you know, just bruised from what happened last year with like hooks and some of those guys that came and Auburn really felt like they were going to make an impact. So, you know, they could be a little bit, um, snake bit and afraid to traumatize to say, but that Lewis is different than those guys is what I'm hearing. Remains to be seen, Sure, but we shall see.
1: Yeah. Mardner was the only one of the transfer receivers from a year ago, the older transfer receivers that came in that went through spring Mm -hmm. last year. And I mean, I think Lewis's resume is way better than Mardner's a year ago. So we'll see. I, I think the path to him making an impact makes more sense in hindsight than it did with some of these other guys, but still, I just I gotta see it. I gotta see it before I get really fired up about all of that. So yeah, I mean, quarterback play, it doesn't matter if it's Peyton Thorne, doesn't matter if it's Holden Gurner, Hank Brown, Walker White. It has to be better than a year ago if Auburn's gonna win um eight games in 2024. Can Auburn take a step forward with the pass rush or will the defensive line stand in the way of Auburn overachieving in 2024? We discuss next right here on locked on Auburn today's show brought to you by our friends at game time. Daryl, you use game time for uh, sporting events as well as concerts. I've done the same. It's very easy to use, very user friendly. You can order tickets in like three clicks. And I love because I just I don't have time, and honestly, I'm a little lazy when it comes to like price checking things. It's just nice that Game Time's already done the price checking for you. So like, it's nice to know I'm not getting ripped off.
2: That's a yeah. It's a it's a great point. Is that you you can just have a little bit of a peace of mind knowing that you know they've got a guarantee on that. That you can look at it and you know that this is the best available price. And then oh by the way, where am I going to be sitting? Where's That's what's right. the setup? They take care of a lot of factors for you.
1: Yeah, it makes it easy. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, and you can do that with game time. Right now, uh, new game time users, if you use promo code On, you get $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June thirty. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: Harold Dapbridge, our guest, as we dap it up on this Wednesday The defensive line in depth. In fact, I put out the question on uh, various social medias yesterday. Hey, what do you think the biggest issue or your biggest concern is for Auburn heading into spring? Number one answer was quarterback. Number two answer was defensive line and specifically defensive line depth. I'm going to get even a little more specific. I think it's the pass rush. I think Auburn is going to be okay at stopping the run. Some of that is going to have to do with the linebackers that are behind some of these guys just because I feel so strongly about the state of Auburn's linebacker room, especially in rush defense, the pass rush for me. When I mean, we talk about Keldrick Falk, and he could become a great pass rusher this season. It wouldn't shock me. Auburn needs it. You feel good about McLeod, but you know he was a little iffy at the start of the season when it comes to injuries. That can't happen again. If that happens again, Auburn, from a pass rush standpoint, is toast, mm-hmm. absolutely toast, regardless of what Keldrick Falk is able to do. So I think rushing the passer is going to be a major concern. I also think in times, depending on you know the scheme and how physical the opposing offensive lines are, they could give up rushing lanes. But I'm more concerned about the pass rush element of it than I am the rush
2: defense. I'm really concerned about the pass rush, and it's for a couple factors. We've talked before about how solidifying one position sometimes makes two positions better. Okay. And a broader scale, if the defensive line and certain aspects of it cannot get a pass rush, I think that you even have a bigger question mark with we're going to go to next, and that's the defensive back room because they're going to be on an island trying to cover with no pass rush, and nobody can do that. That's sure. the first thing. The second thing is Auburn is not going to be in a situation that I feel like if you know SEC offenses now have become very pass centric, so if you don't get a pass rush. People can sit back there and throw it all over the yard. You're going to get a lot of points scored on you. Auburn's not built to go toe-to-toe and outscore people. They're just not, not yet. They may get to that point in a couple recruiting classes. But if you can't contain, at least contain a potent passing attack and not let it go crazy – and you could try to outscore somebody, Auburn's going to fall way short on a lot of scoring ledgers because they're just not built to do that. So that's another concern that I have because of the way the SEC is so pass crazy now. If it used to be the old ground and pound, I'd feel real good about this defense. Like you said, stopping the run, shortening the game, yeah, yada yada. But I don't know, you you throw it a lot and you can't get a pass rush, you let people pick you apart, they'll hang 30 on you in a heartbeat, and that's that could be very detrimental for all. Yeah,
1: the, the guys they went out to get are interior defensive linemen that I, I feel good as far as them helping out in the rushing defense game, but as far as pursuing opposing quarterbacks, I just don't see it. I just don't see it at all. And – the way the roster currently sits, Daryl, is you've got McLeod, who you feel good about at the Jack linebacker spot. And then like Jamonta Waller, we've talked about this before, like freshmen, are, it's exciting to have talented freshmen, but you just don't see freshmen, regardless of how talented they are, impact you know, the stat column at the SEC level as freshmen. You just don't see it. I mean, he, he might get some rushes in there and spell McLeod, and maybe they'll have some some pass rushing sets where they're both on the field at the same time. Maybe they put Joe Phillips there as well, but with them and then Keldrick Falk, we talked about him, but like if you had to guess right now, will Keldrick Falk this season be a better pass rusher than Marcus Harris was last season? Who?
2: Wow, that's a great question. I think I think that it, that's a stretch. That'd be hard just because of the experience That'd be a major the, step forward. Yeah, if I Keldrick think he, he takes a it. major step forward. I think you sure. will see a, a a lot more refined, established Keldrick Falk. But to your other point, when you talk about freshmen having to step up, what you're saying is backed up with Keldrick Falk, exhibit mm-hmm. A. As talented as he was and as hyped as he was, Zach, look how long it took for him to really kind of get settled in last year and start to make an impact. And you're talking about a five-star dude. Um, Waller's, you know, really, really good, really touted. It just takes a while. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if Falk makes a giant leap and is a menace and is just in the backfield, then Auburn is really going to have – be way ahead of the game as far as – but it's just hard to do that. I think he'll look better as far as being a Marcus Harris level – Not yet. I I think it's going to take some more seasoning.
1: Yeah. And he might get to that point by the end of the year. Right. Um, Right. But, you know, is he going to be ready game five when Oklahoma comes to town? I don't know. I don't know. And then all the other guys in the room are young guys, which once again, like you love the potential of TJ Lindsey or Amaris Williams or Malik Blockton. But how much of an impact can those guys have year one? You just don't historically see that. It would be an outlier if those guys were able to contribute and be huge pieces of production on Auburn's defensive front. So to me, this is the position group to watch in spring and then specifically the position group to watch when the portal window opens after spring.
2: Yeah, because you can pluck one. I think after spring you can get which is what McLeod
1: was what McLeod
2: was last year. I mean, you yeah. you can get an edge guy, a pass rusher out of some that, that can come in and make an impact. So yes, that that's where I think Auburn will really focus its energy on getting one or two guys. They need the depth. They really yeah, do. They do they need they need two things. They need someone to come in and maybe be opposite of McLeod and play right away. And then they need depth on top of that so not to have to count on young guys.
1: Yeah, and like who's the true backup to Keldrick? Because right now it's either TJ Lindsey or Amaris Williams.
2: When did McAllister, Elijah McAllister, come last year?
1: He went through spring. He did. Okay. I'm 95% sure on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was a captain. There's and no he way was, he would have he been a captain. He was a at SEC, he med- he and he was like at
2: SEC Media days.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, he, he must have gone yeah. through spring. So we'll see. We'll certainly see what happens there. Um, the defensive back room is interesting. And you talked about obviously how that's tied to the pass rush. We are making a lot of assumptions. And you and I feel good about the defensive back room. And I don't think this conversation is going to change that, but it is worth entertaining the fact of like, there are a ton of, there's, it's a bunch of new, right? Like Kay and Lee's taking on a larger role at one of the corner spots. Sounds like Keontae Scott's going to be the other outside corner. Can he adjust? Jaron Thompson, the transfer safety from Texas. You get, um, you get uh, Quan, who's coming in to be the Juco safety. Like, there's just all of these pieces look good, but we all know football's more than that. Football's the ultimate team sport. Can all these pieces fit together?
2: You know, it's hard to just assume that there won't be some drop-off when you lose three guys. And we saw <laughs> the three guys that Auburn lost in Mobile. I mean, that's you can't right. understate that. I mean, three guys that were seasoned veterans that are also at a high enough level, they're considered draft prospects. Mm-hmm. Two corners and a guy in Jalen Simpson that is about as valuable because he was a hybrid. Um, you're going to see that. I don't care how, how if Scott acclimates himself, Keontae Scott and elevates his play as a true shutdown corner on one end. If Kay and Lee grows up a lot as a sophomore, I get all that. I still think that there's going to be some challenges and some some growth curves there, and that's what concerns me. As you're putting guys without a lot of experience on an island per se, I, I'm okay in the safety room. I think Laquan Robinson and Thompson are going to are, are really locked in. I, I just sure. the corners that are concerning to me. If you put them on an island and just let the quarterback have multiple looks in multiple windows
1: yeah, and then antonio kite, the the Alabama transfer, like once again, I like him. I like what he's done so far. limited sample size. I like all of these players. It's just do they all fit together? I think it's interesting. Um, let's talk about the obstacles in regards to the schedule. I think we both agree that the schedule's overall easier, but there is still a glaring issue here with all of this. We discuss in just a moment, right here. Unlocked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel's America's number one sports book. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Look, the line that we're talking about pretty much throughout this entire week is FanDuel is setting Auburn's over-under at seven and a half wins. If you think Auburn is saying, yeah, Eight and four or better, that's a lock. Head over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Or if you're listening to some of the reasons that we're talking about today, some of these obstacles that could hinder Auburn from doing that, say, you know what? Seven and five may be a little high. Once again, head over to fanduel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. Fanduel is the official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Daryl, Daryl.
1: Final few minutes on this Wednesday edition of Locked on Auburn. When you look at the schedule, we talked about how Auburn needs to start 4-0, which obviously if you do that, um, you take care of a lot of business and a lot of these gimmies that are gimmies, right? I mean, you brought up New Mexico State. We're kind of going to be jaded for a few years of like saying, okay, is there truly a gimme at this point? Which may not be a bad way to go. But the stretch of Oklahoma, Georgia, Missouri, and Kentucky we talked about this last year. There was, a, there was a, a big chunk in the middle of the schedule where Auburn struggled. Mm-hmm. And if you told me Auburn went 0-4 in this stretch, it wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't pick that to happen, but it wouldn't shock me if Auburn lost to Oklahoma, Georgia, bye week Missouri, and Kentucky all in a row. That would be big. And then all of a sudden you return home to, to host a Vanderbilt team that has the quarterback of the guy that already came into Jordan-Hare a year ago with New Mexico State and beat you. So I just don't think that would be an ideal situation, but that is a realistic scenario that could happen.
2: A couple things. It's amazing how it looks so similar. I think last year, Auburn's tough stretch where you predicted correctly that they were going to go 0-4 was after game three. So they went 3-0. This time they have the opportunity to go 4-0, which may be the big difference in winning seven I or could. winning eight, right? Sure, right. And, then, and so then I, I think Kentucky, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Missouri, that four-game stretch isn't as daunting as the four-game stretch that we saw last year with LSU, Ole Miss, Georgia. And I'm trying to remember the other fourth team that Auburn lost to. A&M, right? Stri- A- A&M, yeah. I think that that four, those four games are more difficult than the four games that Auburn is going to see coming up here, especially with one of them being at home. Now, would it surprise me if Auburn went one and three in that stretch? Uh, no, but if they do, they're five and three, right, going into the final, the home stretch, where you only got to win three three games, and two of those are very, very winnable. So where it's a little bit more difficult is you're playing Georgia on the road and Alabama on the road. So that, by by default, makes the schedule tougher, but you didn't beat them at home last year either, <laughs> so so there sure. you go. I I think the, the overall schedule with taking LSU and Ole Miss off, and adding you know a couple other and not having to to play that makes it a little bit. If if we looked at like what the strength of schedule is going into the season as opposed to last season, Auburn probably caught a little bit of a break with a little bit easier schedule. Uh, that being said, look, it's amazing how one swing game that you consider very important and I consider very important. We are in agreement, I think, this year that the Oklahoma game is the biggest on the schedule. If Auburn wins that game and goes 5-0, and you're talking about the difference between maybe going 7-5 and and 8-4 and and getting to 9 or 10 wins, including a bowl game. It's that important. So that's why it's that crucial. And I think it's a little bit easier. Game 5 is easier at home against Oklahoma than at home against Georgia, which was last year.
1: Yeah, I think Oklahoma's crucial. Then I think, for a reason you just said, when you talk about the road trip to Georgia, Missouri, and to Kentucky, I I think think that Lexington, that game in Lexington against the Wildcats is crucial. I think it's absolutely crucial. Then you can make the argument, depending on how the season goes, there's a lot more variables that impact the home game, the final home game of Auburn's schedule against Texas A&M. There's a ton of variables that impact that. But obviously, if Auburn is... Uh, they'd have seven wins. So they'd be seven and three at that point. Yeah. They'd be seven. Like there's a chance they're seven and three and it's like, wow, would that be a huge game? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And if that happens, odds are they beat Oklahoma and they beat Kentucky, which would be a great, or actually you don't have to win one of
2: those in that scenario. Right. So that would yep. be, that'd be huge. That'd be huge. That's why it was so frustrating. I hate to keep doing it and giving people PTSD. When you you felt like you had that seventh win in the bank with New Mexico State before going into the Iron Bowl, it just made it all that much more frustrating. I think Auburn will learn from that. I just can't see, Zach, just looking at this, very simplistic. I feel like Auburn in year two under Hugh Freeze will be improved. I think they'll be better than they were last year. And I also think the schedule's a little bit easier than last year. Just that alone should get you one... Or two more wins with those two factors. Better team, easier schedule. You should be be able to pick up a plus one or plus two. And if you pick up the plus two and go eight and four going into a bowl game, how nice would winning the bowl game to put a cap on that and getting to nine wins would be? I think it'd be, psychologically, I think it'd be huge for this program. Do you think
1: us saying it's an easier schedule? I mean, it's got some baked in assumptions in that. Like it's got a baked in assumption that Oklahoma's going to take a step back. Mm -hmm. It has a baked-in assumption that Texas A&M under Mike Elko is not going to strike fire year one. Are those two assumptions fair? I think they are. I'm just asking the question.
2: They are, especially when you look at the GPS location where those games are being played. You play those games in Auburn and Jordan-Hare. The factors you just mentioned, Oklahoma and Texas A&M could take a little bit of a step back. Uh, although Texas A&M wasn't a world-beater last year. We just caught them. They caught us at the right time on the road. But you get them at home, and you get Oklahoma at home. Uh, I think that makes a difference. I really do. I I believe – I know that people talk about it, and just sometimes it gets uh, really like you're beating a dead horse or it's overplayed. I really believe that whether it's at Neville Arena or whether it's at Jordan-Hare, there is a point spread bonus plus that you get by playing at home gotcha. in front of this crowd. So just again, Georgia, Alabama were losses last year playing at Auburn. So you, that's, that's just a wash. It's where you pick up games everywhere else on the schedule. And that's yeah, what I'm thinking about.
1: Weirdly enough, like Auburn wasn't great at Jordan-Hare Stadium last year. I mean, you, you lose to Alabama and Georgia. And obviously both of those games were closer than. And New Mexico State. The New Mexico State and Ole yeah. Miss.
2: And it's you like lost four games at home, but I cannot see that trend continuing this second year in a Hugh Freeze. Just improve that by two games. I and mean, if, if somebody told you, gosh, Auburn's gonna lose two games at home this year, you're like, dang, well, that's two games better than they did last year. Maybe the difference between six wins and eight wins, all those little components, the games sure. within the games, the numbers within the numbers is why I think it'll be different. Yep.
1: Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below or on social media or in the Locked On Auburn Discord. Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on?
2: Follow me on uh, xdap6410, uh, and then Wednesdays and Fridays with you, and then obviously no game tonight uh, as far as Auburn basketball, so we'll pick up the game Saturday at Georgia. We'll do a little post postcast.
1: Yes, this Saturday, for sure, for sure. All right, we talk Cruton on tomorrow's show. Be sure to check that out. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. Please like the video. Please subscribe. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.
0: The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.